0: wondered if the punisher can really be considered a superhero he's a vigilante he fights crime he has a costume he doesn't have superpowers but that's okay neither does batman and he's widely considered to be a superhero maybe it's enough that he has skills so impressively beyond most humans that while he's clearly mortal and hasn't had his chemical makeup change to give him amazing abilities he's close enough so maybe the issue isn't whether we should consider frank castle to be a superhero maybe the issue is whether or not we should consider frank castle to be a hero at all he decides who should live and who should die. He murders from a moral high ground. He doesn't like the way things are, so he takes it upon himself to change the rules. That's anarchy. The Punisher appears in superhero comics, and he has his own monthly comic book in which he is the protagonist. And so, even if he isn't technically a superhero or a hero, his fiction is still generally classified into the superhero genre. So, should I be reviewing this film on Superhero Rewind? I'm not sure. But what I really like about this low-budget version is that it really explores what kind of a protagonist the Punisher is, and never clearly makes up its mind, inviting the audience to decide for itself. The film is bookended with a voiceover from the Punisher, who says he sometimes asks God if he's doing the right or the wrong thing. He wonders why God lets the guilty live and the innocent die. And he wonders if maybe he was sent by God, that perhaps God does want the guilty to be punished, and that's why the Punisher exists. Frank Castle was a cop who lost his family in a car bomb planted by the mob. This is different from the comics, of course, but I kind of like Castle being an ex-cop, because it provides a clear and logical way to include the main supporting character, Jake, the cop who trained and befriended him before the incident that killed his family. And Jake is my favorite character in this movie, expertly played by Louis Gossett Jr. Now, as the Punisher, Castle sees the world entirely in black and white. The guilty should die, the innocent should live. And so I like that even he questions whether he's doing the right thing. That humanizes him a little. He's a twisted person with an overly simplistic view of things, and that's what makes him so dangerous. It's a movie about rules, the rules the Punisher has created for his one-man war on crime versus the rules society already has in place. He believes the system which she used to fight for as a police officer, is broken. Jake represents that system, and in the third act, when they finally get a scene together after the Punisher has been apprehended by the police, the Punisher says, If you're guilty, you're dead. And Jake responds with, Courts decide who's guilty, not cops. That short exchange spells out the entire movie thematically from Jake's perspective, one man can't decide who's guilty and who isn't. I mean, guilty of what exactly? Because the Punisher never comes right out and says exactly what crimes are a capital offense in his revisionist rulebook, and which ones aren't. Every single person he fights in this movie, he kills. Every single one. Are they all criminals? Yes. Has every one of them personally killed someone? I don't know. But we don't see every one of them kill someone on screen. Since they work for an organization that kills people as a matter of course, including Punisher's own family, according to him, they might as well have. Well, that's just scary, isn't it? If you deserve to die just because you work for murderers and one person can just say you're guilty by association. But then look at it from the Punisher's perspective. The system couldn't save his family, and the people who killed them are still hurting other people's families. So what's the lesser of two evils? Let bad people get away with murder until you can prove they're guilty, or just kill anyone you personally know? Is guilty, so no one else gets hurt. Now, obviously, I don't think the Punisher is right, and I certainly doubt anyone would really agree with his methods. But what's interesting is his psychology. He creates his own code, and then he follows it to the letter. After a while, I found myself wondering if the director or the script would ever mess up and accidentally have the Punisher let someone get away. This movie is fight after fight after fight, and it quickly becomes about how will he kill this guy this time, rather than. Will he kill this guy this time? Now, I'm talking a lot about Punisher's psychology and motivations because that's what I really took away from this movie. Most of it is just B-grade action stuff. As an action movie, it's not bad, but it's not really anything special. Especially for 1989, it's a pretty brutal movie, though nothing compared to the Punisher movie in 2004. I'd never seen this movie before this viewing, and I really expected it to be a little bit tamer than it was. It really has everything I would expect from a movie called The Punisher, Shooting, stabbing, impaling, explosions, shooting, torture, punching, explosions, and shooting. Though I have to say I didn't expect to see a guy get run over. Of all the violence, that was the one place I really kind of cringed. Oh, and a motorcycle. I would have expected that too. In fact, the only thing it didn't have was a skull on the Punisher's chest. I'm not sure why. Surely it isn't for the sake of realism. In a movie where Frank Castle's sidekick is a homeless boozer who rambles on about how he's a thespian, and Frank calls him by way of a remote-controlled truck with a bottle of beer in it, I really don't think we have to worry about anyone balking over Punisher wearing a t-shirt with a skull on it. The plot is simple, but the movie tries to trick us into thinking it's more involved and clever than it really is. The Yakuza mob kidnaps all the children of the ...other mob bosses in the city, holding them for ransom. Turns out, of course, they're not doing it for money, but for power. It's all a ruse to get the mob bosses all in one place, gun them down, and take over their territories. Conveniently, the only one who sees through this is Franco, who just happens to be the guy responsible for getting Frank's family killed. The only thing I really like about this plot is that this all happens because Frank has weakened these mobs a lot in five years, so it's inadvertently his fault it's happening. The idea being that no matter how many terrible people you kill, there's always a stronger, worse one that you haven't gotten to yet. This, among other things, makes it personal for Frank. The Punisher isn't just involved because his name is in the title. He's directly connected to what's happening with the mobs. On the other hand, the reason he survives every giant gun battle fight, chase sequence, and torture scene really kind of is because his name is in the title. No real credible reason is given for why the Punisher is so good at what he does. And sure, he is completely devoted to it, he has his training as a cop, but ultimately he looks like a really lucky guy who always gets out of tough scrapes, no matter how badly he's injured, because the script is written that way. The story, while a little typical, really challenges the Punisher because he's forced to see that things aren't as black and white as he'd like them to be. So maybe he thinks everyone in the mob deserves to be killed, but what about the children? He's forced to realize that they're not guilty of their parents' crimes, and he decides to rescue them. His code calls for him to protect the innocent, not just punish the guilty. But then what do you do about the son of the man who, at the end of the film, is about to run all the crime syndicates because the Punisher has inadvertently helped him eliminate all the competition? This kid is Franco's sole heir, and if he's left alive... Punisher will have to contend with him when he grows up. Punisher kills the kid's dad right in front of him. He had promised Franco when this was all over he'd kill him and he only helped him to take out the Yakuza because he threatened to kill Jake if he didn't help him get his son back. And there's a point where it looks like Punisher might spare his life. After all, he does save him from being killed by the Yakuza's leader. He has a chance to change here, to give a bad man, a murderer, the chance to change after he sees what his decisions have almost done to his son. But then the Punisher's rulebook is reinforced and he doesn't change, because Franco won't change. He takes the opportunity to try and kill the Punisher, then lead all the mobs himself. Franco hasn't learned a thing, and this subverts our expectations because before this, he really looked as if maybe he would. So the Punisher kills him, and he uses this one example to fuel him into to continue as he has been. This man who killed his family can't change, so he must have been right all along. Anyone like him must be punished. But his rule book also makes him the bad guy now, because he's killed someone's family. So he gives Franco's kid the opportunity to punish him. This is my favorite scene in the movie, because it's so consistent with his characterization. He makes a rule, and then refuses to break it, even if it means he's the guilty one who has to die. It's the one place where the movie is pretty subtle. He doesn't come out and say he's guilty, he just tells the kid to pull the trigger. He doesn't. So the Punisher tells him to grow up into a good man, and that if he doesn't, he'll be there. This movie is unusual because, unlike a lot of movies that don't completely work, this one gets better as it goes along. The third act is really great, and I could have done without the first two. The rest of the movie isn't terrible or especially hard to watch, but I didn't feel fully engaged with the material and power when the really important stuff starts happening. It's as if the movie knew where it wanted to go, but it wasn't sure how to pull all the pieces on board before the third act. For example, Jake's character is set up as the only person who believes Frank Castle is the Punisher. Everyone else thinks Castle is dead, except for this woman who wants to be his partner. So they team up, they look for the Punisher, and when he's finally found and arrested, it really doesn't have anything to do with them. I think the movie should have focused primarily on Jake, being a detective with a vested interest in the Punisher, because he thinks it's his old friend, Frank Castle. He unravels the mystery and finds the Punisher, finds out how Castle is involved with what's going on with the mob, and tries to get him to change his ways. But instead, Jake is treated like a separate subplot, and it really only serves to waste time until the third act. While the movie is mostly things blowing up and people getting shot and stabbed, it does three things very well when compared to other superhero movies. First, it keeps the origin in the background. The Punisher has already been around for five years when the movie starts, but everything that happens is directly connected to his origins, and we don't have to spend the whole movie watching him become the Punisher. Secondly, there's actually a rather menacing and well-acted female villain, the head of the Yakuza, which is something superhero movies traditionally haven't managed to pull off very well. She's smart, and I believe she's manipulative and a force to be reckoned with. The movie makes me believe she's capable of what she does, more so even than it does the Punisher. And third, there's a nice balance between violence and humor here. I don't even think the film is necessarily too violent, so much as I don't think there's enough substance outside of the action sequences. There are interesting ideas that are said, but not really explored, because so much time is taken up with action. But the characters are sometimes clever, even the Punisher, who, when being tortured and asked who he works for, he responds with, Batman. That's especially funny given the pop culture context of America in 1989. And when Jake says, what do you call 125 murders in five years, Punisher responds with, a work in progress. With a movie this violent, I think it's important to have something to lighten it up with, but still manage to fit with the context of the piece. It manages that most of the time, but as I said, it goes a little too far with the old drunk thespian sidekick. And speaking of the Punisher's 125 murders in five years, I find it funny that he kills nearly that many people over the course of the movie. When he goes up against the Yakuza, he takes out a whole room of people, and I counted, there were 18 by the time he goes to the Yakuza leader, he's killed well over 25 people right there. He's a fifth of the way to getting to his total over five years. I think that estimate is maybe a little off. I think Dolph Lundgren is doing his best in this role, but I also think he's the most miscast character in the movie. He's too lumbering and glazy eyed to be the Punisher. The Punisher isn't a talkative guy, sure, but he's also calculating and sharp, quick on his feet. Lundgren looks and sounds a little too much like Stallone for this role. Strangely, this movie was never released in theaters in the U.S., which is partly why I think it isn't talked about very often. Its distributor, New World, was having financial problems and got it in theaters in most other countries except here in Sweden. It only has a 24% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes, and I think it's actually a little better than that. I'm surprised to say I think it's a little underrated. However, due to bad casting, inconsistent pacing, and too much action that doesn't serve the story, I'm going to give the 1989 version of The Punisher an even 2 out of 4 ba